When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on The Horn. Two here on the sports complex on the horn, getting into some more national championship talk. Little Texas football and their final placement in the polls came out today in the AP poll. Good news for Texas. I like that. I like what they came out in that. Texas basketball has a big game against Cincinnati tonight. Some other big names in the Big 12. We'll get into all of those. Some NBA if we got time. And of course, more of your text messages. 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. It's a phone number, too. I've opened up the phones. We do, I don't know if we'll have time to get to anybody or not, uh, but we're, they're open. They're open. 512-447-3776. Uh, we are asking you today, if you got some uh, national championship talk, if you've got some college basketball talk, if you got some NBA talk, if you got some NFL talk, or the Big Fat Poll of the Day, who is the best Big game player in sports history. Send that one in as well. Uh, text here says Robert Ory, obviously. Robert Ory, obviously. Look, Robert Ory is definitely on the list. I think he was a bigger clutch player than big game player. I don't know if his his games, he necessarily had like 30-point games in the big games, but he was clutch. He was definitely a big moment guy. But I'm talking big game of a guy who you knew, hey, we, we, you know, we, we need a big game. It's not that we need the one home run. Is this guy's gonna put get on base four times, or this guy's gonna score three touchdowns, or this guy's gonna put up thirty every time at least? He's gonna get double doubles and triple doubles every big game. That's what I'm talking about. That kind of guy is what I'm talking about. Uh, Texter says uh, winning matters. MJ would just be fine in any era. I agree. Look, MJ, it's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. He would be fine. I'm more curious to see, like, if you saw him on a team where. He comes in and he is just railing on people how much they would now be like, well, no one wants to go play with him. And I mean, look, he won with Steve Kerr and he won with, you know, nothing against Steve Kerr, but he won with some guys, Bill Whittington, you know, some guys that maybe weren't the best. But yeah, Tony Kukoc really good. Scotty Pippen was really good. Uh, he had some good players on his teams, but you know, without if you take away Scottie Pippen, it changes the whole trajectory of that Bulls team. It changes the trajectory of everything. I'm just curious to see now if he, you know, if he has another superstar, does he find somebody? I, I could imagine though, like Kevin Durant would just be like, "No, I'll go play with that guy forever." Like that guy wants to win as bad as I want to win, and he'll he'll fight everybody else, and me and him will just dominate. I can see that too. But yeah, of course he. If uh, I do not mean to imply that Michael Jordan would not be a winner 
<laughs> if he was in any other era. I do not mean to apply that at all. Uh, text line still open. We're still going, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the national championship game. If you did miss it, if you were hiding away from it because you did not want to get in to uh, – you didn't want to watch any more college football after Texas got knocked out, if it was too painful, it was more painful to watch the game. It was painful to see a Washington team that f- looks like it felt like getting to the, the championship took everything out of them, that when they got there they weren't quite the same team. Not having a month to prepare definitely wasn't a, uh, a, it was noticeable that you know they weren't able to put together a game plan that was going to be able to dominate. They did make some good in-game adjustments. Uh, Michigan came out early in the game. Uh, and looked dominant. It looked like it could have been a massive blowout early in the game. Washington was able to weather that storm, come back, get some points on the board, kind of slow down Michigan a little bit more. And you know they were breaking explosive plays, which nobody had done all season long on Washington. They were breaking explosive plays. Uh, Edwards has two big, big breakthrough touchdowns. Corum has two touchdowns as well on the ground. You know, especially in the first half, all Texas fans are calling for for the head of Sark for not running the ball the whole game, which I think we saw that it it would have slowed down uh, as it went on, that the Texas O-line was not able to handle. Uh, I mean, Braylon Trice, they were able to handle him well enough on that edge as well to not let him get in and cause problems. But that's, you know, as long as you run the ball more and more and more, they had to devote more resources to it. Uh, The question was going to be, if Texas kept doing it, would they have ever made that switch? We never got to find that out. Uh, it's a learning experience for everybody involved. But, you know, that was it was much more that's not Texas identity is bully ball, run the ball all nonstop all day, especially once Jonathan Brooks went out. And it is Michigan's. My uh JJ McCarthy only throws the ball eighteen times, ten receptions, uh, ten completions, 140 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He runs for another thirty or so yards. Uh, but Blake Corum gets 134 yards on the ground, Edwards gets 104 yards on the ground, and Michigan's able to kind of cruise. Uh, they do get the lead in this game and never really looked back. Washington had not played from behind that long, uh, all season long. And so it it kind of put them in a position where they then felt they had to be more uh take more shots. But the problem was Washington likes to take shots. They don't like to do it when you when they don't want to. Dylan Johnson uh has eleven carries for thirty three yards. They weren't getting in more favorable positions, which meant Michael Pennings Jr. was throwing shorter passes, and those were getting broke up because Michigan's going to play bully ball. Michigan's linebackers and cornerbacks and stuff were, te- were hard at tackling, and when they tackled, they were trying to take you to the ground hard. They were trying to take Washington receivers down to make them regret catching four- or five-yard passes. You saw that over the middle, uh, that they were trying to take away the sidelines, make them throw it over the middle, and trust their tackling. It didn't always work, but when it did, it, it showed – a lot of promise. Penix ends up going 27 for 51, which every Texas fan, that's what kills him. 27 for 51. Missing some passes that there was pressure, but Texas had pressure too. Texas had pressured uh, Washington. I know they weren't getting home, but they had pressured Washington as much as any other team had. They had pressured Washington in that game. The number that kills me was you saw the big plays against Texas and being able to get those plays to just open it up and, and get the ball downfield and make up chunk yards against Texas. It was a five-yard average per pass for Michael Penix. They, they really just took it out that the pass rush was so good that they were able to get the guys outside. And then you saw the entire defensive line where Texas was lacking this season, where the edges for, for Michigan were just far superior to the edges for Texas. And with those guys being able to get the pressure outside, 
meant that they had to devote more resources to the outside than were inside, uh, which ends up with the inside now being able to get pressure up the middle, and they were then giving Michael Penix fits. You really wish Texas could have had the edges get some more pressure to not allow the double teams on Tavondre Sweat to allow one-on-one with Tavondre and Byron Murphy coming up the middle, and it could have been a very different game uh, is there as well. It's unfortunate that you watch that game and you see a Washington team that Texas feels that they maybe didn't get the, the good end of that flip, uh, that Washington ends up playing better. But look, all hats off to Michigan and credit to Michigan. Uh, they came in with the right game plan. They were going to play bully ball. Uh, they ended up matching up against a team that they could play bully ball against in Washington, and they were able to walk away with it. The score looks a little bit more one-sided than it actually was. In all reality, it wasn't as bad as as they made it out to be. It was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. You know, it wasn't necessarily just the the worst blowout you've ever seen in in national championship history. We've seen worse games for sure. We have definitely seen worse games. Uh, we saw that. Look, as much as if you want to give problems for uh, Texas for not being able to get to the quarterback, Michigan had one sack in the game. They sacked they sacked Penix once. So we can say Michael Penix gets the ball off. Now, he was missing passes. The pressure was there a little bit more that he was missing guys. He was throwing the ball out. He threw a couple picks in the game as well. One of them wasn't really, you know, one of them was kind of a throwaway pick. He had to get rid of the ball. It's fourth down. But, you know, you see what happens. You think at the end of that first half, Washington is coming down. They get the score with about a minute left. Michigan's not able to respond. They have to punt the ball back. uh, Washington takes the knee. You feel like momentum is all firmly in Washington's hands. And then Michael Penix Jr. throws the first pass of the second half as an interception. And, man, it just was never really looking back that if you look and you say Washington is able to drive on that possession, that they're able to take and continue momentum. But momentum is such a big part of these college football games for young players, how much that momentum means. And for Michael Penix, he may have made the biggest mistake right there at the beginning of the second half. But, yeah, Texas fans wish they could go back in time and play uh, play that Washington team. Not the case. Michigan gets to win 34-13. to uh, But it does result that people seem to have respect in the Associated Press for Texas and what they did against a Washington team that looked unbeatable when they played them. And Texas gets to number three in the final poll. There is the backwards way that if technically – uh, they were to uh, vacate Michigan's championship. I believe the AP poll would take precedent, and it goes to not the team that wins, that loses in the championship game, but then the next highest-ranked team. I know it's a weird system that's set up that way, uh, and no, look, no one in Texas really wants to get a vacated. That's the way you win a championship after losing the last game of the season, but technically it's a thing. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, we're, not, we're not rooting for that. Good off to Michigan. I know some people are still uh, angry about it and going to be called out as cheaters. Everybody's cheating. Everybody's cheating. It just is what it is. Sport. That's what sports are. The best players cheat. That's what they do. That's how they get better. That's how they get the edge. I don't agree with it either, but it is what it is. Uh, but Texas gaining number three is going to help them in terms of recruiting, in terms of showing to recruits that maybe don't watch every single game. And, and you know, when you listen to the media and you go online, and depending on who you listen to, they will say, well, this team's better than this team, and this team doesn't deserve to be where they're at. And to be able to see a group of pollsters come together and say that Texas is the the best team that was out of the championship game, uh, that they had the best season, was great to see. And uh, happy for Texas getting to number three. 
I want to get to some NCAA basketball as well, but I want to get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. We're asking you uh, who is the best uh, big game player of all time because Michael Penix wasn't. He, I thought he might have been. I thought he, I thought he may be able to will this Washington team to victory. He did not. So we're asking you that. If you got those, any sport, any time, all time, any sport, you can put that one in there. And anything else you want to talk about, you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. Uh, back on the text line, though, uh, Mark Lemke, second baseman for the Atlanta Braves back in the day. Unbelievable player in the playoffs. I like that. Uh, Robert Ory, big shot, Bob, seven rings. Look, I think Bob, like, and trust me, Robert Ory was one of those guys that, especially when he was a spur, and then you go back and watch stuff, you watch him on other teams. The re- uh, people don't remember how good of a defender he was. He's remembered a lot for his shots, but, man, he was just a really – his basketball IQ was through the roof, uh, which is a really good player all around. Made some huge plays on both ends of the court. I still don't think he's the best big-game performer, but clutch-wise, he may be one of the most clutch players of all time. Roger Staubach is uh, who you got there. I, Roger Staubach, I, look, it's a little bit before my time. Big D Torres, I can't tell you if uh, I did not watch him play. I'm sure he was a great in-game performer, but he was a little bit before my time, so I did not get to watch him play. Uh, big game for Martin, so there's a case to be made for Robert Ory. Again, clutch, clutch game, 100%. If you want to say big game, I'd still say it's Steph Curry. I'd still say Kevin Durant. I'd still say, like, those great players that just always show up in those moments. I'd say those guys, because Robert Ory, you think, and you go, I can remember nine moments, ten moments, something like that, which is great. A lot of people don't have that. But I can't remember games where I went, oh, man, 30 points for Robert Ory tonight. And that's what I'm saying. But I appreciate I appreciate everybody going with that for clutch-wise. He's definitely – and look, the crazy part is he has a case for Hall of Fame now. That's the crazy part. Uh, Dex says, last week he was dropping balls in a six-inch window. Last night he missed a guy open by six yards. Yes, that was a problem. And, and it, part of it is the pressure, that there was a lot of those throws that he was getting pushed back and that even though it wasn't a sack, he was getting – I get that. I don't want to take credit away from Michigan that there was, there was those guys. He was getting some pressure and still putting the ball out – uh, on time, on schedule, and getting it out. He fe- it felt like he got flustered in that game and never got back to normal. And everyone in that game, but that's why you play bully ball. That's why they call it bully ball. Bullies fluster you. And just being able to have that, that every single time they're putting it on you and hurting you. We I mean, Texas, Alabama tries to do that to Texas. When we played in the last couple of years, Alabama comes out, and when they hit you, they try and go extra hard. And, and Texas tries to play... I don't want to say they don't. I think they do it against other opponents. I don't know if they've had the skill level and the athletes and the top guys to be able to do that. But Michigan played bully ball, and it worked. Michigan showed how soft Texas is, especially tackling. I don't, And I don't think it's soft. I think if you look at the hardest guy, it's like going and saying, well, you know, Brock Lesnar really shows you how soft, uh, <laughs> how soft uh, uh, one of the lightweights is. Or John, you know, Brock Lesnar shows you how soft John Jones is. You're like, well, no, but he's just much bigger. He's just a giant beast of a man. And that was Michigan. They've been, they recruited, they got guys. Sark is a speed guy. So it's not even toughness. Sark wants speed. Michigan didn't care about speed. Michigan wants toughness. Michigan wants guys who are going to shovel the driveway and then get tackled onto a concrete in the snow. That's who Michigan wants. That's who Harbaugh wanted. And, and, you know, it's a different style, but Sark's not going to be able to coach those guys. Sark's not going to coach bully ball. He just isn't, and that's what they do. It doesn't always work. Bully ball is a fine window. We saw they lost the last two years because finesse can beat bully ball a lot if you can get the ball out and you can game plan correctly. I don't think Washington game plan correctly for it. Uh, Caitlin Clark, that's a good poll, Iowa. 
A Caitlin Clark, more 40-point games at Iowa than Iowa football in like the last two years. It's not a great number for Iowa football. But that's also when you look at Michigan, and I had to tell my buddy uh, who was who was telling like, "Oh, Michigan, we can, yeah, like we our defense stops everybody." I'm like, "You stop everybody in the Big Ten. Calm down. There are some awful offensive teams in the Big Ten. We know that." Uh, my man Joe from Brody Lane says, "Big shot, Bob." Look, I get it. I'm just saying, Big Bob is a moment. He is a clutch player, but I wouldn't say big game performer. Just saying a little bit different. Akeem, Akeem, yeah, and Akeem, look, Akeem's best games, as a Spurs fan, those came against us when David won the MVP, and that is that is brutal, uh, T-Dog. That is brutal, but yeah, he, Akeem, and like that's what's funny is when you go into these best game, big game performers, you're kind of actually looking at a list of like who doesn't disappear in big games, great players that play even better when they're in those moments, and that's why, like for me, Vince Young's in there because Vince Young didn't necessarily always perform. Like He took time off, I think. You know, when he could just win a game without having to be the greatest player in football, he kind of did that at points. Maybe one of the reasons he didn't win the Heisman. And it's not a shot at Vince Young. He still won. He still won every one of those games. He didn't have to do anything more. But instead of going, well, I win every game by 70 because I'm just that good. But then he could turn it on. Like, I think his, I think we may not even, you know, you saw in the, in the of course, in the championship game. But VUI, man, in college, I don't know if there was a better guy that you would want to have on your team that you could just say, well, he's on my team. I feel like our odds of winning are above 50%. We don't, don't even tell me who the rest of the team is. Just tell me if he was a quarterback. And I feel like we got pretty good odds. Arborn81 says, Team Sports, Joe Montana, Michael Jordan, Reggie Jackson. I like those. I like those. Those are all good names. Uh, very good big game performers. Appreciate it, Arborn81 there. Uh, text line still open, 512-447-3776. Best big game performers of all time. If you want to talk some Texas football, some uh, national championship, uh, NFL, all that is up there as well, NBA as well. I do want to get into a little Texas basketball before we hit the break. Uh, Texas is taking on Cincinnati. Texas still ranked number 25. A lot of people starting to get into the thought that Texas may be overranked at 25. Which is not what we want to see, that they were playing some of the, the lower-level teams, didn't blow them out the way they needed to, that there's been some problems, that the offense hasn't quite clicked the way it needed to click, uh, where you were expecting to be a little bit more dynamic offensively. You were expecting IT Horton to be a little bit better of a shooter. Uh, you expected Max Acemas to be really electric. I think you expected Max Acemas to be closer to 30 points a night pretty regularly. And, you know, maybe that was, that was wishing too much there. I think when you thought Dylan DeSue came back, that him and Shedrick would be able to work together a little bit better. They haven't just been able to really get in a flow together yet. You're leaving Brock Cunningham out there because, you know, it's a team that has not necessarily played together a ton. Uh, you know, having those transfers and trying to bring in a new team, it's just difficult. We saw it with Texas with what they had to do to wait for Jabari Rice and uh, when Jabari Rice came in, but uh, Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr and a lot of those guys, Christian Bishop that it took a little bit for everybody to merge and, and get used to playing with each other and knowing where everybody is without the ball. Uh, and so for Texas, they're still in that point. So they have Brock Cunningham on a lot because he's the best vocal leader on the court. You need to have some of their guys become better vocal leaders for Texas in this game. And, you know, and I'm a man Chance brought it up a lot. The perimeter defense needs to step up. Max Acemas, you know, he's a smaller guy. Uh, you need to be able to trust your, your rim protectors. You need to be able to trust them so you can kind of play up and guys can play tighter on defense. I don't know if they trust the rim protection, so they're trying to play a little bit looser on the edge and guys are hitting threes over them. Guys are being able to score over them. They're falling into places. They're not necessarily calling through the screens. Communication. 
then this communication on this team defensively and offensively just needs to improve a ton as the season continues. It's hard. It's hard when you're they're not family. It's hard when it's a new team every year and you maybe don't have that uh, that comfort level yet. Uh, hopefully they'll continue to find it. Uh, you're playing a team in Cincinnati tonight who upset a BYU team who is uh, who is a ranked team right now. They're ranked number 18. Uh, they upset them in the first game. They do have some big guys. Another thing you worry about with Texas that uh, there are some big guys on the Cincinnati team. They have three guys that are around seven feet tall. Uh, two of them are two of their leading scorers. And uh, and Victor Kainan, uh, uh, Kainan, which is a 6'11", uh, Russian, who is going to come in there. He's our leading scorer. Uh, Aziz Bandego, a uh, seven-footer from Senegal, is also – he's played in seven games this year. He's playing really well. Uh, they're both averaging close to a double-double. Uh, you're also going to have Dan Skillings Jr., who's another good player on the edge, 6'6", as a guard, which it makes it a little bit harder for some of those edge perimeter guys to defend. You're just going to have to be able to go in there and bump. Dylan Mitchell can't bump as much, so you're going to see more Brock Cunningham. You're going to see Dylan DeSue, Caden Shedrick. Can they stay out of foul trouble, get in there, but then also bump down there and get them in foul trouble? That for Texas, with all of your other problems, if you can slow the game down for the other team, you're one of the slowest offenses in the game right now for Texas is – if you're going to be slow, you have to get to the free throw line. You can't be slow and expect to get open shots. It's just not as easy to do. So Texas is going to have to be able to get down there and get some shots in the paint uh, for this game to be, you know, to win this game. And if you go on to a Big 12 play, people start to worry. But you're on the road right now against a good Cincinnati team that upset BYU in game one. What can you do against this big team with a lot of size uh, in Cincinnati? That game's coming up at 6 also on the uh, docket tonight for Big 12, number two, Houston is up against Iowa State. This should be an interesting game. Uh, this is a game of Houston is 134th in scoring offense. They're first in scoring defense. This is a Houston team that plays a lot of defense. The offense hasn't been figured out, but Iowa State shoots 50% from the field. Iowa State's a really good offensive team. It's going to be a fun shootout to see if Houston's defense is really good enough against this Big 12, if they're going to be able to continue to play at that, and if their non-scoring ways are going to come back to bite them against Iowa State. You also have BYU versus Baylor. The number 18 BYU versus number 4 Baylor. Uh, this is going to be a three-point shootout, guys. And so if you don't like three-pointers in the game today, you may not want to watch this one, but another good matchup to keep your eye out. Some good young players uh, for Baylor as well you want to keep your eyes out for. Uh, and Jacoby Walter and uh, Missy, who are both going to be both uh, freshmen, playing really well. Ray J. Dennis, the transfer to Toledo, also a big name for Baylor. You want to keep an eye out. But Baylor is number one in threes per game in the country. Not the Big 12, in the country. Number one in threes per game. Uh, BYU, sorry, is number one in threes per game. Baylor is number one in three-point percentage. So this is going to be a shootout, uh, but some good Big 12 action for everybody to keep up on. If you're trying to get into some college basketball, get into the Big 12, see where Texas is going to be. They play at 6, but some other big games happening as well. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get some more of your text messages, play some sound, hook them up with Ian Robbie as we continue here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Back on the sports complex here in the home, Boeing Bowie playing Bowie all week long. David Bowie's birthday would have been on Monday, so we're playing him all week long on the show. Do you really need a good excuse to play some great uh, classic music here uh, on the sports complex? We'll be playing David Bowie all week. If you got more songs you want to hear, uh, let us know in the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. You guys are you guys are being mean about my my hero David Robinson. That was my my guy growing up. So work dive David Robinson. Like I can't even say that. Terrible. Terrible t- hating on David Robinson. The model citizen David Robinson. Great guy. And y'all are hating on him. Keem also. It's crazy. That both those guys. So good. Both really good. Like, just good people as well. Uh, neither is Steph Reason. Iguodala was in the finals MVP. Steph has been really good at points. But, yes, Iggy did step up into that finals as well. And the defense was huge. Uh, Steph does not necessarily perform great on defense at any point. Uh, Big Poppy, hands down. Also, I like that one. Sam Ellinger, Colt McCoy, and Vince Young. I like that. I love a little Texas love there. Uh, I don't know why. Let's work together. Can't heat. I don't know if that's a, if that's something you want me to play on there. I, we're playing David Bowie, though. Is David Bowie in Can't Heat? Do I not know this? Is this a trivia question that I don't know? I do not believe he is. Uh, Jared Round Rock says, Jose Altuve and Kobe Bryant and Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, Jose Altuve, I think, is getting up there. I, I I don't know if there was a great part. The problem is that everyone will always say that he cheated in that year, which he didn't. He just didn't. The rest of the team did. Look up the numbers. Do some research, people. But Jose Altuve was not a cheater uh, and had that really great season. Uh, but the rest of his team was cheating, so it does hurt a little bit. Uh, and Joe says, the original Bowie version. Always good, very good. Yes, yes. Uh and Colt McCoy with Jerry Demacris 77 says, Colt McCoy was clutch. He just knew how to win. Uh, and he says, Bob Ballou hates on Tim. Yes, we know. We know, Nate. We know, Nate. We know, mate. Uh, you mentioned working together earlier. Yes. Yes, I did mention. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being a DJ for me there. I don't see them always right when they come in because it's hard to have a thought flow of thought and read at the same time. So I can't always read them right when they come in. And then in my brain, I forget everything immediately. Uh, don't know why I have the bad memory, but I do. Trying to remember these names every day kills me. Uh, text lines open. Uh, we're gonna take. We're gonna play you some more sound about the uh, from hooking up with Ian Rabbi, talking some about the Cowboys matchup with the Packers. Some good stuff from this morning on another hook em up replay here on the Sports Complex. All right, let's get to some uh, NFL playoff discussion here. Uh, I was looking at some of the numbers for Jordan Love, and I realized that. A lot of Cowboys fans and even myself, and I know Jordan Love has played well, but I just didn't realize how good of a season 
Jordan Love had uh, this year, his first year as a starter. You can make the argument that um, Jordan Love, this was a breakout year for him. <laughs> as a first year as a starter, now there's been a lot of talk about C.J. Stroud and how great he has been, and he has been the, you know, the greatest rookie campaign in the history of the NFL. So that's more the talk about him as a rookie and his first year uh, as a starter, of course. But Jordan Love, of course, he's been sitting on the bench, and the Packers, they, they have a certain way they go about grooming and developing their quarterbacks. And Jordan Love this year, after he settled down, I get at one point he was 2-5, and five, and most people had given up on Jordan Love and probably stopped paying attention. But since then, um, at least in the last eight games, he's got 18 touchdowns, 20 total, one interception, Six and two record in those eight games, a one twelve point seven passer rating. Uh, if you go look at overall what they what they had to deal with, he didn't have his starting left tackle Bakhtiari. I think played started one game the entire season. Didn't have their what was projected to be their top number one wide receiver in Christian Watson. Uh, no thousand yard receiver, Aaron Jones, the top running back, missed six games, I believe. Uh, Luke Musgrave is another one of their uh, top weapons. He missed six games. I, I mean, when he so they had a lot of young guys playing. A lot of rookies are playing for. I think it's Bay. the youngest roster in the league. Yeah, a lot of rookies Certainly are playing. Certainly in the for NFC. Him. Yeah, and when he's targeting rookies, you would think that the production drops off. It doesn't. He's completing seventy percent of his passes targeting rookies with a one twelve pass rating. Only two interceptions this season when he's targeting a rookie. It's un. I'm telling you, it's really impressive what they're doing right now, and eighty. 87% of his yards, I'm rounding up, um, are to first- or second-year players. And getting back to your point about the young, one of the youngest rosters in the league, that, I mean, I just, for those who don't know, who haven't been paying attention, he's had a phenomenal year. If you look at the most total touchdowns in, this, in, in the NFL, he's fourth behind Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Jordan Love. <laughs> They're a weird team, Rod, and, and yeah. I'll give you a little stat on that because it's good to be friends with Aaron Rodgers, apparently, because Alan Lazard, remember when, when oh, the yeah. Jets? Yeah, yeah. He made $11 million <laughs> this year with the Jets. The entire receiving core for the Packers combined makes $7.5 bucks. Uh, <laughs> Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers got him paid. Cash. Cash. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be his friend. Friend of, friend of Aaron, you're right. And, like it, 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 and remember, they also had Aaron Jones hurt for a while, and he's come yeah, back, their best friend. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, they're a weird team, Rod. You know, they, they lost to Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers back in November uh, at 23-19 in Pittsburgh, and they fell to 3-6. and six. Mm -hmm. Then they went on a three-game winning streak where they beat the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs. I mean, two playoff teams, and the Chargers are talented. They beat them all. Uh, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead 27-16. Yeah. They were 6-6. Six and six. Then they lost two straight to the Giants. They went to New York and lost to the Giants. Yeah. Then they yeah. lost to Tampa. <laughs> and then they finished with three straight wins. They beat Carolina, Minnesota, and Chicago to make the playoffs. So they're one of those weird teams. That sounds like a young team, they're right? They're inconsistent. Yeah, they're young. Like a young quarterback would be. But, I mean, he is, he, he's trending the right direction in the last eight games or so. You're talking about one of the top four or five best quarterbacks in the league performance-wise in the last eight games. That's crazy to think. You're like, that's, that's not true. No, eight, 18 touchdowns passing, 20 total uh, with only one interception. Yeah. Yeah, if you go back to that stretch, phenomenal. remember that we, I think the only time I really watched the Packers this year was the two games that they won that were impressive where they beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. That was impressive. And were really good. I watched them in Detroit's too. a playoff team. And yeah. then they beat Kansas City the following week. And 
you know, that was, that was controversial at the end, the officiating and whatnot. That was the Sunday night game. But that was two huge wins for them. But then somehow they lose to the Giants and the, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, And then you just remind yourself, that that's the youngest roster in the NFC. That's what young teams do. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, but if the Cowboys catch the good Packers with Aaron Jones healthy, they can be a handful. I mean, the Cowboys are favored by seven and a half for a reason. Um, and, and should have a, a way to win this. But don't take him lightly, that's for sure. Do not, exactly. I mean, he's got the most starts uh, this season for any quarterback with multiple passing touchdowns with zero interceptions. The last QB to do that as a first-year starter was Roger Starback in 1971. Like I said, I know there's a lot, been a lot of talk about the young QB play of C.J. Stroud because he's, he's a prodigy. He's extraordinary. But Jordan Love, who was not a rookie, he's been sitting a while, but his first year as a starter, he's been the second half of the season, he's been really, really good. And you just brought up a point that, that, that worries me as a quasi-Cowboys fan, the return of Aaron Jones. Because he's only played six games. So I mean, sorry, he only missed six games. But the last three games, he's really kind of found his form because he's been dealing with injuries all season long, and maybe he's just starting to get healthy. Last three games – 22 rushes, 111 yards, eight first downs, 20 carries, 120 yards, six first downs, 21 rushes, 127 yards, eight first downs. That's his last three games, and he's been getting more and more efficient. If you go look at success rate, 63, 70, and 71. Last time the Cowboys played the Packers, and I want to remind the Cowboys of it because I know that was a heartbreaking loss in overtime, he had 138 yards. They had, they had 270 well, yards teams, rushing in that game. And how have teams who've beaten the Cowboys beaten the Cowboys? They run the ball. They run the ball. They run the rock. You know that. And uh, have a quarterback that doesn't turn it over, and that's Aaron Rodgers – or Aaron uh, – Jordan Love and Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, because somebody said, how the hell the Packers seemingly hit on every quarterback. Remember, they, it's, the, it's the Packer way. I mean, they, It's been that way for years. I and mean, they drafted Aaron Rodgers, yeah. let him sit for two seasons, and then in year three it was his turn, and same thing happens with Jordan Love. Um, they don't rush quarterbacks on the field uh, and let them, you know, learn the game a little bit. It's a pack, pack away, man. Yeah. It's and, a smart way to do business. And, you know, and as you just pointed out, I mean, they're 9-8 and eight this year and in the playoffs. They're ahead of schedule a little bit for the youngest roster as they, you know, moved on from the Aaron Rodgers era. And now they're moving into the Jordan Love era, and this is the first year of that. Uh, and it looks like it's on, a, on, a, on an ascent with it, these young players. It's, I guess, and I've, I've compared uh, the Oklahoma football program – um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, organization to the Packers at one point, too, it's really hard to hit on three Hall of Famers in a row. I'm not saying Jordan Love's a Hall of Famer at all, but he's definitely not going to be a bust, <laughs> right? It seems like we're past the bust phase of it. Um, like the Steelers had three Hall of Fame coaches in a row, Oklahoma Sooners, were they going to have three Hall of Fame coaches in a row? Probably not with Brent Venables, but we'll see. Um, held Texas baseball <laughs> dealing with that too, right? To have three Hall of Fame coaches in a row, three Hall of Fame anything in a row is really tough. But I will say that if anybody can do it, the Packers can do it. Um, they 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 can be that kind of organization that could do it. So uh, once again, throwing it out there, Jordan Love. If you haven't been paying attention, he's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL the last two weeks, and Aaron Jones is now getting healthy. Those are your biggest concerns if you're a Cowboys fan, but. There's a reason you're favored by a touchdown. Yeah, and, and you're at home where you've been dominant for the last two seasons, and you're 8-0 this year. Uh, you, you like having them in your building. The Cowboys play very fast yeah. uh, on that field without a doubt. And we've said this. There, there are a couple teams that are trending in a real good direction. I mean, the Rams are a team that have won 7 of 8, as I've mentioned, into the playoffs. The, the Packers have won 3 in a row into the playoffs. And those are, you know, over in the AFC, it's the Bills that are the hottest team 
with and then the teams that are sinking, right? The Eagles are are, are disintegrating in front of our eyes. Uh, the Dolphins mm-hmm. seem to be trending in a bad direction at yeah. this point. So yeah, I mean it's it's about the playoffs and the Cowboys. You know they're kind of right where they want to be, uh, twelve and five and another real good season. And we you know would have said this back in September when the season began. Cowboys, if they're twelve and five entering the playoffs, this will now determine what their season is because yeah. this is where Mike McCarthy has has delivered. Now it's about what does this look like the next three weeks? Because if you can play the NFC Championship game, uh, it'll be a, a successful season. Um, and also, since we're on it, I, I'll give props to because nobody's really done it to Brian Gutenkust, the uh, GM for Aaron Rodgers' the favorite Packers. guy. <laughs> I mean, he got dogged for because Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers would do you dirty in the court of public opinion. That's Jimmy Kimmel. Like he'll he'll dog you because he just has a he's got a big platform and he'll go viral with almost anything he says. Oh, he knows Kimmel that. Jimmy Kimmel had a monologue and Jimmy, last night. Yeah, we can play some about of that Karen too. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers had done that with a lot of people, right? He did it with Fauci. He'll do it with anybody. Like he'll just hey, he wants to pick on you, he's gonna pick on you. And um, he did it with Gunkus. He just didn't like him. Remember, he said that he knows how to reach me and all that kind of stuff and wouldn't answer the phone. And he said only he only. He, what has FaceTime in his like in the place he was living? Like it such was, it was diva, weird. Yeah, it was such a weird little explanation. But anyway, give him credit because look at where they are now because they decided to be to you know to be consistent in in their methods and believe in, in their organizational kind of philosophy about quarterbacks. And it's like now we're moving on from Aaron. We're moving on. Jordan Love, you're the guy. You're the guy. We're giving it to Jordan Love. And it's paying off for him. Look at the way the Jets are. Not saying they're cursed or anything, but Aaron Rodgers' ego, and obviously he has some bad luck with the injury. But it hasn't helped the Jets organization at all. And I think the Packers now are probably a little happy to be free of the, the toxicity of him. And by the way, Brian Gunkus got two more MVPs out of Aaron Rodgers. But after they drafted Joy Love, you got you got you got MVP performance out of well, them. Well, because it lit a fire. It because did. You've been trending in which, a bad direction. Which is general manager. That's also your job to know. That's right. That, your, it, it was it was Bill Belichick's 100%. job to know if I keep drafting quarterbacks, it's going to piss off Tom Brady enough to go out there and work extra. <laughs> he's never going to be satisfied that Brady's actually better when he's got somebody breathing down his back because he's always had it. Even going back to his time as a Michigan man. <laughs> he never had, and I think he learned that probably from Lloyd Carr. Like, no, no, don't give Brady the job. Let him fight for it. He's had his best that way. Yeah. It's compared to sickness. Yeah, and it did, and it did, and it almost. Now it didn't lead to playoff success, unfortunately, for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But you know, there was going to be a divorce there, and it happened. And I'll give yeah. Gutenkunz credit that he's, you know, gotten out from under that deal. Now it's the Jets' deal, the problem to deal with, and. Uh, you know, they only got four plays out of Aaron Rodgers this year. You got a young quarterback who got to emerge, go through some ups and downs, but now he has his team in the playoffs, and it is the youngest roster in the NFC. Executive of the year, candidate too. For sure. Potential up there with Nick Casario. Now I got, that you broke it down. I, I got I, Nick Casario, but yes. No, I got Nick Casario, but now that we're make, making the case, actually, it's not bad. It's not a bad case at all. So those are the things to be concerned about if you're a uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. But Cowboys right now, I mean, they they're, they're I just want to throw out a couple of like superlatives about the Cowboys, things that they've done. First of all, Michael Parsons, he only had one pressure in that game last season, though, uh, two seasons ago, where, where you played the Packers and you lost in overtime. Um, he only had one pressure in that game. I went back and looked at some of the stats. Uh, but Michael Parsons, uh, he got his 14th sack of the season um, in that last game, fifth NFL player since 1982, which is, I believe, when they started c- recording sacks, with at least 40 career sacks in his first three NFL seasons. Reggie White, Derek Thomas, Dwight Freeney, and Alden Smith. 
Ooh. Think about, man, what a talent he was. He was a San Fran, right? He was Early a great on? player. He was so quick to That's why he kept getting so many chances. Hallow wins. But, yeah, he had an alcohol issue. About one of those things is not like the other. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with the Cowboys is, this is why this year is so important, man, because that, that guy's about to get paid. Like, he's about to be the highest paid. He might be the highest paid. He's not a defense player of all time. I think he will be that. But he's going to rival some quarterbacks. Yeah, he'll be the high, quarterback I think he'll play. be the highest paid. Well, based on what yeah. Boza got. Um, you kind of have to go north of that, you and you're right. And that's what we said. I mean, the the Cowboys' window is now because you got to pay him. You got to pay CD Lamb. CD Lamb. You got to pay Deron Bland, and you've already paid, and you're already pretty heavy with your salary cap. And uh, this is the window. This is the window. And you said this perfectly yesterday. Uh, for people that think Mike McCarthy is, you know, the Cowboys are in a spot where you know Mike McCarthy is now tied to Dak. Because you're also going to extend Dak. You're going to give Dak a new contract yeah, he's on top of this. this year. Yeah, I mean, he's you know led the NFL in, in touchdown thrown. He only threw nine interceptions this year. And you have to give a lot of credit to Mike McCarthy. So people who say, well, you move on from Mike McCarthy. Well, now he's now the architect of this offense with Dak Prescott. Yeah. So you kind of need him. <laughs> you yeah. gotta, if you're going to extend you better, Dak. Well, yeah, at least have a plan. You better bring in someone who's just as capable. And that's – it's hard to bring in. I mean, who's just as capable well, as these Super Bowl two guys? Kind of built the offense coach. together with with Brian Schottenheimer was there too. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it, this is a real opportunity year for the Cowboys with with what could be two home games, and then you know if you're a Cowboys fan, you're rooting like hell for someone to knock off the 49ers so you could play the NFC Championship game at home too. But that's unlikely because they don't have to play one game before that uh, after a week off. So so we'll see. But yeah, big opportunity here for the Cowboys. Big opportunity for the Cowboys. we got to take a last break. We'll come back, wrap things up here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. we got to wrap things up here on the show. We'll be back tomorrow to break down more for you. But until then, uh, hopefully Texas gets a win tonight against Cincinnati. will be a big win. I know Texas ranked Cincinnati is not, but after that win against BYU that Cincinnati had, uh, it would be a big game. It would be a big win on the road to – to show that Texas uh, may have more under, may have more in store than people may have thought. Some say overranked. Some say uh, maybe there's some potential left. I know Chan. You gotta get. Come on, Chan. Need some more positivity. Out of you, Chan. You think that men's basketball is going down again tonight? I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, I gotta see something out of that team, though. I want to see some fight out of Texas tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to break it down and whatever other news happens in the sports world, we'll get it to you. You're on the sports complex, but until then, be safe. Be kind. Keep your underwear clean. We'll see you here tomorrow, right? Same place, same time. Sports Complex.